Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here today on this more equal day than ever before. The United States Supreme Court strikes down race-based preferences in college admissions today and also advances a case, uh, uh, Groff versus DeJoy, that we'll get into that protects uh, people of religious faith from job discrimination. And But before we get to all that, I do want to acknowledge we have some calls, 877-973-7425, if you want to discuss these decisions. And I don't want to move to the Groff versus DeJoy case without taking Griffin's phone call here. He's up first. Griffin, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Uh, I'm going to jump right to it, okay? As a black man in this country, I really feel like it is a bad decision to do such a thing so early. This thing was only the... The uh, from the action was only brought forth in what 1965. Half of Congress and the Supreme Court were already in their position or living or, or you know, involved with this. I just feel like it's something. I'm 47. I feel like it's something my grandkids, kids, should have had on their table, not the same people that was eating off of. The before affirmative action plate. Now I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's get rid of it, y'all. Uh, but you, you see where I'm coming from? I don't feel like it has been around enough. It, it, you know, we're not far, we're not that far removed from the the, the racial rift of our country. You know, we're not that far removed. For I feel like for these people to do such a thing now. You know? Okay, so let, let me ask you this, though. Let, let's hard. let's grapple with, with the particular facts in, in both of these cases, that what the, the facts were, the undisputed facts, I might add, is that Harvard and the University of North Carolina were explicitly rejecting uh, Asian students so that they could have a balanced number of Hispanic and black students. Uh, so was it right that they were explicitly discriminating against one minority group in favor of another? Okay, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm saying no for the radio reason. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not racist at all. Don't get me wrong. No, no. Yeah, look, I, I understand it, I, and and we can't but, deny. But, and, and Clarence Thomas doesn't that uh, there is a history of serious racial discrimination in this country against black people. Uh, but what he says right. in his concurrence and what the Chief Justice says is is we've got to stop looking at people based on race and instead look at individual circumstances. So if you have a black applicant from a poor neighborhood who struggled with crime and was able to be academically successful, that that's a legitimate reason to grant that person to school. But to say, well, all black people suffer in the same way, therefore we must uh, elevate them and punish Asian students who also, because of their color of their skin, may have been discriminated against, that's wrong. Oh, can I, okay. Here's my thing, okay? Uh, and I'm, I'm just being very frank with this. Most Asian people and most um, Indian people, a lot of them people, they get their education and they get these degrees and they leave this country and go take care of their own. Okay, they just lay it out there like it is. Okay, they are not a lot of race mixing when it comes down to the majority of those people. I'm going to lay it out there like it is. 
the other thing is my people have had it the worst when it comes down to this and still suffer from the the um founding instruments that were laid in place throughout the years, decades. You know, we're still trying to dig out from under those rocks that were laid upon us. You know, and that's why I just feel like it's just too soon. Not saying that it should never be, but it's just too soon. That's all. It's just too soon. Look, so I, I I appreciate what you're saying. I know I, we obviously disagree here, but I appreciate, one, your candor and your honesty here. Uh, and I would also say, I, I guess, my concern, and it's it's the concern voiced by the Chief Justice, by Clarence Thomas, by Neil Gorsuch, by Brett Kavanaugh as well, is uh, when is it long enough? Is it we know it when we see it? Because uh, if we know it when we see it, we are actually at a point academically in this country where we don't need it, uh, given that, and this is a key here, that the majority of colleges and universities in this country, roughly 80% of them do not use affirmative action criteria anymore for colleges. It is essentially just the top elite institutions in this country, the biggest schools that do, most don't. So why should we allow these elite institutions to continue to do it And also what we should note is that there's a massive dropout rate of non-white, particularly black and Hispanic students after their freshman year in these college programs because they get in and they're not academically up to speed. So we're essentially setting them up to fail in the system designed to bring them in. I understand the concern. I I don't want to be dismissive of the concerns, and I don't think you can in this country given the history of race in this country. But I do think you have to acknowledge that if you are upset with this decision, what you are saying is that Harvard and the University of North Carolina should, in fact, be allowed to discriminate against other minorities and pick and choose which minorities you can and cannot discriminate against. And the the irony here, the ironic part of this, is that this comes less than two years removed from a hand-wringing conversation by the same people about anti-Asian violence in this country. And yet they are opposed to anti-Asian violence, but they are perfectly okay with anti-Asian discrimination. Reconcile that for me. I can't do that. 877-973-7425. Maurice, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Eric, I would say that you are one of the most logical people that I've ever had the experience of listening to. So uh, it's not a lot of things that I disagree with you about. And I don't disagree with you about this one either. Um, But as a African-American conservative is what I would consider myself, um, one who tends to try to, you know, past rate racial uh, boundaries I don't I don't carry myself during um, you know a, a regular day in, in the life of myself it, race doesn't even uh, come up I can't say that I've uh, I've interacted uh, had negative interactions with um, with with uh, anybody opposite my race um, ever in my life as a 45 year old uh, but what I can say is this decision kind of I'm conflicted by it a little bit. Just, just, just somebody who has small uh, children, um, elementary school children. Um, I agree with your logic. I agree with um, uh, uh, what was laid out. 
but I'm I'm still complete. It doesn't stop okay, me. Okay, Maurice, can, can I can I jump man. in for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what you're saying is is logically, rationally, you get it, but emotionally, yeah. there there's a problem, yeah. and I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. And yeah. Clarence exactly Thomas. And Neil Gorsuch addressed that. And and essentially what both men say in their concurrences is they understand, but that to get us past saying, I am black, therefore I must get yeah. X, Y, and Z, uh, what they need to say is I am a person who overcame these struggles that I individually experienced, not a race of people experienced. And therefore, you should look on me for overcoming these. What what uh, Thomas says in his response to Katanji Brown Jackson's dissent is that we should not be looking at people who are black and say, because you're black, you're a victim of circumstance, because there are also poor white people in Appalachia who are similarly situated. What we should do is we should take the white kid from Appalachia and the black kid from uh, South Georgia, like Clarence Thomas, and say, look at what they individually actually faced in their communities and how they overcame those. And we should accredit to them their willingness to face hard times and try to conquer those hard times. And, and I am that person as well. Yes. I'm that person as well. I've done So uh, I, I totally well get the myself. emotion on this I'm, one, Maurice. I totally do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I'm not calling to disagree. I'm just saying that um, for for a person of my ethnicity, I, I could definitely see how someone would be conflicted emotionally by that. Because if you have kids, if you have smaller children at that, um, you, you, you just hope, you just hope, just like you said, you just hope for humanity at the end of the day to prevail and that people and that, that we are all literally now on an equal footing and you don't have gatekeepers standing in the way that are deciding the fate of your kids. That's that's yeah. that's what you hope. And I think that most people who are going to call in here and going to disagree, they can't disagree on the on the on the merit of the issue, on the facts of the issue. They can't. What you're disagreeing with is you are hopeful that humanity has progressed in such a way right now in 2023 that we can look at each individual and judge them off their merit, off their off their willingness to do the same work of their uh, accomplishments, whatever it is. That's what you got to hope for. And I don't know if I have that much hope in humanity. Well, you know, (laughs) given humanity, Maurice, I don't have much hope. Remember, people are stupid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, yes, I I see what you're saying. And, you know, I go back to to John Roberts in one of his last dissents over an affirmative action case was uh, the way to stop discriminating is to stop discriminating. And we're always going to have racists. We're always going to have racists. Um, One thousand percent. But and I'm going to give you a plug work. here. Yep. I'm going to give you a plug here. I've always told people as a black conservative, as a conservative, I'm going to say a black conservative. I've always told people that may not be politically aligned with my with my visions of, uh, of politics in today's world. I've always said you need to listen to this guy. Because this guy is, it, you make people forget about, I think, about um, a Democrat, Republican, because you're such a logical person. And the way you bring things to the forefront and the way you dissect certain things definitely um, opens up and I think brings additional people into the party and of a di- and on a different platform and a way of thinking. So 
keep up the good. Well, job that was very kind of you. I, I really appreciate it, Maurice. Thank you very much, and and have a great day. Thank you. Um, really, that that's too kind. Eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Before we get to break, let me take one more call here from Drew. Welcome, Drew. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? Great. Uh, I, I listened to the previous two callers. Uh, I believe it's previous two, and mm-hmm. and you know I'm 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 Drew, but I'm also black, just as they are. And I, and I love the decision. I love the decision. I think it's a long time coming. And I think uh, Justice Thomas eloquently put. Uh, the situation that we're facing in this country and that the situation that we're facing as, as black individuals. Um, you know, I, I'm a very well-educated uh, person, and no matter each time I climbed the educational uh, or academic ladder, the question was always, am I making it because I'm black? And, you know, once I got to law school, when it really started to bother me um, as a graduate of Georgetown University, uh, I got that nonstop. He he only got in because he's black. He only got in um, based off of diversity. He he doesn't have the educational uh, fortitude to make it. Um, even even the assumption that somehow my school was paid for because I'm black. And this is something that Justice Thomas has been talking about for decades. That, that as long as we have affirmative action, that's how people are always going to see us. Um, I know one caller talked about it. It just wasn't the right time. I mean, how long do we need to wait before we can get over the racist past? Uh, we may, like you said in, in the previous call, we'll, we'll never be free of, of racism. Um, and, and that goes for any race towards any race. We're never going to be free of racism. But at some point, we got to stop making excuses for not making it in this society. That's well said, Drew. I look, I, I got to let you go there because I got a hard break here um, and I got to get out. I'm going to give you the last word there. The United States Supreme Court ending affirmative action for college admissions today. He'll do the research and give it to you straight. Eric Erickson is live every weekday. can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Welcome. A smiling, a friend of mine is in Florence with his kids and took them to a, I recommended a great pizza place and one of the old school Italian pizza places and just sent me a picture. Very cool to see people. I know my restaurants around the world. Have y'all seen me? <laughs> Welcome. All right. It's Eric Erickson. The phone number 877-973-7425. You know, I want to, given the concerns and and, and things of uh, listeners, let me address something very specifically to everyone listening right now. We are not a long ways removed in the history of this country from Jim Crow. We really aren't. And there will always be racists in the world. But the solution proffered by the academic elite of this country and progressive secularists has been to discriminate. And that's a fact. The issue here before the Supreme Court was that these colleges were explicitly engaging in racial discrimination. And many of the people on the left say, well, we should engage in racial discrimination 
but just in a different way. We should engage in race-based preferences for a people who have been oppressed. But what of Asian Americans who were interned in prison camps in World War II? Who, the left has told us for the last several years, have disproportionate violence enacted against them? They've told us that the last two years, and yet are okay with racially discriminating against them. One of the students who filed suit and was a, a, involved in the litigation was an Asian student who was told he needed to sound less Chinese in his application and not discuss, focus on, or mention his Chinese family traditions, lest Harvard discriminate against him. Are you saying that's okay, that Harvard should be able to discriminate against an Asian kid because he's Asian? That's what we're doing here. And it's wrong. We will always have racists in this country, but we should not institutionalize that racism for a group of people who have been telling us for a while that this country is full of systemic racism. Today, we've gotten rid of some of that systemic racism, and that's a good thing. One of the groups that is working to get rid of it to advance free markets and free people and to eradicate this sort of invidious discrimination and racism in the country is Americans for Prosperity. And they want you to be a part of it. They want to advocate for limited government, free markets, and free people. And they want to train you up to be the best you can be as a conservative activist. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Stand with Americans for Prosperity, who stood with these students against these discriminatory policies and won. You can be on the side of the winners at AFP by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. Sign up. Be a volunteer. They've got 36 state chapters. They've got volunteers in every state. They've advanced free markets and free people, and they want you to help them join their side and advance liberty. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up today. got the courage to tell you the truth because the truth is what matters you're listening to the eric erickson show well i needed to go to the restroom during the break and i could not so we will do our best to get through this next segment they released the second trailer for dune i had to watch the second trailer for dune um and oh it was it was like three minutes long and so yeah oh if you haven't seen the first, um, for the the for, oh my gosh, the, this 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 looks amazing. Uh, November third, I can't wait. By the way, Oppenheimer comes out the same day as the Barbie movie. I have no desire to see the Barbie movie. I want to see the Oppenheimer movie, but the reviews of this Oppenheimer movie, I, my kids want to see it, and I got to go see it first because literally every review I've read has described it as a horror movie, as as people leaving shell shock as as a movie that um, you have sleepless nights and, and lie in terror after watching. I'm fascinated. I, I love Christopher Nolan. He does such a good job in movies. I want to see this movie, but I digress. A lot of people want to talk about this affirmative action case. Before I take any more phone calls on it, though, I do really want to mention the case that inevitably this happens at the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court will release a decision that is so dominant it overshadows everything else, including 
uh, other decisions, other decisions that are uh, of equal import and uh, maybe even more significant cases. And I believe that may be the case with Groff versus DeJoy today, which was a nine to nothing case. This case involved a postal employee, Mr. Groff. Mr. Groff worked in Pennsylvania, and Mr. Groff was uh, not a religious person, but underwent a profound religious conversion to Christianity and began to take his faith very seriously and would not work on Sundays as a result, which was no problem because the mail is not delivered on Sundays. But then the United States Postal Service signed a deal with Amazon that requires the Postal Service to deliver packages on Sunday. And Mr. Groff was not given the ability to opt out of that delivery. To make it easier for everyone, he transferred to a rural uh, postal service system that did not do Sunday deliveries for Amazon. But later in his career, the postal service began doing deliveries and began to accommodate Mr. Groff's uh, religious preference to not work on the Sabbath but in so doing, they began to punish him and make his life more difficult as an employee, and ultimately he filed a lawsuit. The court systems said that essentially um, all the Postal Service had to do was find de minimis hardship in, compl- in, a, in allowing him to have a religious exemption from work on Sunday. Sam Alito wrote the decision for the court today and said that's the courts have been reading this wrong, and we just want to clarify Nine to nothing, the court says, it's more than showing just de minimis inconvenience on the business. You've got to show that there was an actual economic hardship to the business outside reasonable bounds to accommodate the religious preference of your employees, that that's what the court has always maintained. It's been 50 years since we've ruled on this, and we want to make it clear. You can't just show de minimis inconvenience to the business. You've got to actually show a measurable economic hardship uh, if you were to allow this employee to take off the Sabbath. And we don't believe they can do that. And he says at the end, we're not saying the Postal Service can't win the case, but we are saying it's going to be pretty hard for them to win the case. And this was a unanimous decision of the United States Supreme Court today that essentially it's, it's sending the case back to the lower court and has stacked the deck in favor of the Christian employee saying you've got to be able to accommodate people's religions. This guy went out of his way to disrupt his life to avoid impacting the business, and now the business needs to go out of its way to avoid impacting this man's compliance with his religious observances. It's a good case that I suspect is going to echo even more so than the affirmative action case in the main reason being most colleges and universities don't use affirmative action criteria. Only a select few do. And the Supreme Court has gotten rid of those. But every employer out there deals with religious employees. And in fact, the case that is relied on, it's the Hardison case, if I remember right, it involved TWA airlines and an employee who didn't want to work on Sundays. And this case, because it involves federal labor law, impacts both the public and the private sector when it comes to accommodating the religious views of employees. It'll be ultimately, I think, a big deal, and they're headed in the right direction to accommodate religious employees. Now, the question is, Alito wrote this majority opinion. Uh, He also uh, wrote another majority opinion that came out today that was uh, another kind of a corporate law case. Does this affect 303 Creative and who writes 303 Creative and how is it decided? We'll find out that tomorrow. That's the case of the web designer who doesn't want to use her artistic skills to make um, websites for same-sex marriages. We'll see how this plays out tomorrow.
Now that you're filled in on that, let's get back to the phones. The phone number here, 877-973-7425. I want to begin with Sheila. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Oh, uh, first and foremost, uh, continued prayers for your wife's good health. Thank you very much. Absolutely. uh, My my husband and I have um, been discussing this whole uh, SCOTUS. We are two uh, black parents who've raised successful young black women. Uh, And what has been very clear in the very early stages of affirmative action, I believe in what it's evolved into is a cover for the poor public education system. This public education system has been churning out students, lowering standards, watering down grades, churning out ill-prepared black and brown children, and then demanding under the cover of affirmative action that universities accept them. You earlier stated the statistic of the incredible number of black students that wash out or leave these institutions after their first year. That's because they're ill-prepared for the rigor of that curriculum. And now you'll hear the loudest voices. I'm surprised Weingarten isn't up there screaming uh, with blood dripping from her eyes because the fact is that now they have to make assessments on merit and on personal perseverance as opposed to race. That exposes a very um, ill-functioning public education system. Look, I think that's well said. Eric. And Eric, I think if you look at those statistics of those black students that wash out, I bet a huge percentage, if not all, are coming from the public education system and not from homeschooled and not from private educational institutions. Oh, and undoubtedly so. And and that's that's another reason um, I, I just think we got to give school choice to people. Sheila, thank you very much for that call. Uh, 877-973-7425. Kathleen, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, um, just in regard to the SCOTUS decision, um, uh, it, it just kind of reminded me of a conversation I had with some family members that live in New England in the Massachusetts area. And um, some of their younger children, they were concerned um, about them uh, being in the public school system. Um, they didn't think they were going to get a good education in the particular system that their kids were in in a suburb of Boston. And I said, well, don't, doesn't Massachusetts have the best education system in the United States? They said, well, yes, that being Caucasian, the problem that they're having in their community is the Asian students are so competitive and so smart that they, as Caucasian parents, feel like that their kids um, aren't going to get a fair chance or are going to feel less adequate. Um, That just goes to show you how academically, uh, I guess I don't want to call them superior, but obviously, um, I mean, I'm for the fact that they actually brought this case to the Supreme Court. Um, but it just reminds me of something that uh, my family members that live in yeah, that area. So, you know, Kathleen, Asians are having a problem with because the Asian community and their children um, have such academic rigor um, yeah, when it, it comes to their it, education. What is notable about the uh, Asian academic success in the United States is that it defies socioeconomics. So poor mm-hmm. Poor Asian families and rich Asian families, their children all are more academically successful. They have the lowest instances of divorce in the United States. Uh, The families tend to be more tight-knit. There's a lot that the rest of us could learn 
from how Asian families in this country at a socioeconomic level operate. Uh, very tight-knit, very close families, very few instances of divorce, lots of hard work and high expectations of the kids. And uh, they should not be punished for that, which is what Harvard was doing to them. It's just remarkable. Uh, Tia, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Great. And uh, uh, You're hilarious, and uh, you really present your ideas and your perspective so well, and I thank you for that. Uh, I would like to say make a statement about Kathleen and the, and the uh, lady that just spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, the public school system is it needs to be disbanded, turned, turned uh, just destroyed from, from the, the foundation and rebuilt with better teachers. The teachers that I've, I had when I moved from a white, uh, predominantly white school where I got a better education and I, I'm going to upset some blacks. I hope not, but if I do, okay. Uh, I came to, I had to, due to divorce, I had to go to a, uh, 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 my parents, I went to a lower uh, standard school. All of the teachers were either related to or were friends with someone who was a friend to the principal or other teachers and got their jobs based on that fact alone, not because they were well-educated, not because even though they went to college, they could not teach math, they could not teach biology, they could not teach science or history, and definitely English. And so as a result, they dumbed us down even worse than we were. And mm. as a result, uh, the more educated black teachers were so poorly paid, they went to other schools that paid them well. And we were stuck with those who were inadequate. They were inadequately prepared, rather, and so were we. And so as a result, dumbing me down, I had to put my head to the, uh, to, uh, to the grindstone, so to speak, and really, really hunker down and study so that I could get uh, a, a dual degree. Mm. But my other classmates who, were, uh, who couldn't read ended up alcoholics, drug addicts, and so forth. Some were just passed along, never knowing how to read above a, a fourth grade or fifth grade level. And so it's, it's going on and on and on from the, from the 70s, 80s, 90s to the present. The public school system is a joke, and it needs to be repaired. We, but yeah, you have and to pay those teachers. You do. But, I, you know, I, and I got to say, um, in my experience, too, and, and thank you very much for sharing, uh, but I, I got to say also – we can't just say it's the teachers that suck because there are bad teachers in public schools, and I've experienced my fair share of them. But also, I feel really bad for the good teachers who are in schools where uh, you got collapsing families around them, and you've got uh, babies taking care of babies because mama's at work and daddy's in jail. And it just—I I think we got to be mindful of that from the teacher aspect of it as well. I hear from so many teachers who hang in and struggle and. The odds are against them, and they're unfairly targeted because the kids come out of their classrooms and, and they're barely able to read and write. The teachers are just glorified babysitters, and that's not what they want. And then you eventually get to the point where the teachers, the good ones, are able to transfer to a better school to actually be good teachers, and they do bring in worse people to fill the void uh, to be the babysitters. And the edu- public education system is, to a degree, a reflection of the collapse of society around us. But we could do better and allow the people who have the opportunity to get out of those schools. And that's why I think school choice is the civil rights issue of the era. And we've got to advance it wherever we are uh, and give kids who have a way out that way out so they can improve their lives and not say, well, they must suffer because others can't. We should give those who can the opportunity to do better. 
Now, I want to give you the opportunity to do better in your home and your business with your computer systems. Instead of going to buy just the generic off-the-shelf box at the local big box store that's already put together for you, you can call Vision Computer. They will build the computer, not just the computer you need, but the computer you want. And they'll make it upgradable so you don't have to keep buying a new box. You can just upgrade your computer. And then they will service it for you. They will be your IT department for your business or your home. Can you imagine having a phone number that you can call when something's not working on your computer down to it's unplugged and you didn't realize it? And Vision will diagnose the problem and help you. They actually answer the phone. They pick up the phone. They answer it. They provide you great service, much of it remotely over the Internet. So you never even have to take your computer to them to get it fixed. They can do that for your home. They can do that for your business. You have 20 employees, and they each need a computer that specs out differently, and they all need tech support. Vision can be that person for you, that business for you, that provides them each the computer they need and want and also helps them with your tech support, and they get it at a better rate than you're going to get from anyone else. Go to visioncomputers.com, visioncomputers.com, or call them, 404-COMPUTE. If you call them at 404-COMPUTE, anywhere from Kalispell, Montana to Miami, Florida, call them and tell them you want the Eric Erickson special. They'll give you a great deal, and then they'll be your IT people. They will fix your computers for you. And if, by the way, if you don't have a computer from them but you want their world-class tech support, you can pay a small annual fee, and Vision can be your tech support too. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Well-connected and well-respected. It's Eric Erickson, live every weekday. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text RECIPE to 33777 now. All right, listen, uh, I got a limited segment here, and I got calls that I actually really want to take for those who are going to be patient if you can wait on the phones. I know a lot of you want to talk about this case today. I've got more to talk. We're kind of shoving aside much of the show uh, that I was going to do today to take your phone calls on this case. It is a big deal, and I'm happy to. Also, I would note uh, something that that we rarely have happened here, and is. I've gotten phone calls from just about every single place that we are on. And some of the places we're on, we're on in delay or we're on the weekends. But we've had calls from Las Vegas today. We've had calls from all over Florida, from Greenville, South Carolina, from Hartford, Connecticut, from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, We've had calls from Illinois, you name it. Uh, Calls from even outside of places that I'm on. We've had a call from Maryland and a call from Texas, let alone Oklahoma, Ohio, and the like. Uh, So people are listening and people are invested in uh, not just what I'm saying, but in this case. So I want to take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. Be patient with me if you're on the phones, though, because, again, short segment. i got to do an ad read before I do. I want to tell you I've fallen in love with a TV show, but you need Apple TV Plus to watch it. However, if you have Twitter, you can go to Apple TV's account uh, on Twitter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relink this. Uh, and I'm going to retweet it out. You can watch the entirety of the first episode of Silo. The season finale is tomorrow, and I am hooked on this TV show. Uh, Silo is unbelievable. It's on Apple TV. If you get on Twitter, you can watch the first episode for free. It's incredible. Apple TV show, the Silo, or just Silo, the the season finale is tomorrow, and it is an incredible TV show. 
What is also incredible is the deal you're going to get from Omaha Steaks in time for the 4th of July if you want something to throw on your grill. Omaha Steaks, their gourmet grill and pack, has bacon-wrapped fillets, boneless, skinless chicken breast, boneless pork chops, gourmet jumbo franks, caramel apple tartlets. My wife needs some more caramel apple tartlets. And you get for free eight, eight the Omaha Steak Burgers. You go to omahasteaks.com and you put Eric in the search bar, E-R-I-C-K, You'll get the Gourmet Grill Impact from Omaha Steaks. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Why do they do that? Because they want you to be a lifetime customer of Omaha Steaks. They know you'll keep coming back to them just like I do. If you go to omahasteaks.com today, put Eric in the search bar, get their Gourmet Grill Impact. It's a great starter pack at Omaha Steaks, 61% off retail price. Get it in time for the 4th of July so you got burgers and hot dogs and steak and so much more for your friends and family for the 4th of July all at omahasteaks.com. Put Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.